everyone and welcome back to the Football Triggers podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I am joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hello Pierce. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast, we'll be reacting to last weekend's SPFL results, previewing the start of this weekend's English Premier League season, discussing all the latest transfer news from around the globe and at the end of the podcast, Pierce will be giving a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we'll be reacting to last weekend's SPFL results. So on Saturday, the 5th of August, the start of the 2023-24 SPFL season commenced and the first set of results finished. So I'll just give you a quick rundown. Celtic 4, Ross County 2, Livingston 0, Aberdeen 0, St Johnston 0, Hearts 2, Dundee 1, Murraywell 1, Kilmarnock 1, Rangers 0, and on Sunday the 6th of August, the day after, Hibs played St Mirren and the, the score uh, finished Hibs 2, St Mirren 3. So Pierce, what is your reaction to last weekend's results and which game stands out to you? Well, like you say, the SPFL never disappoints and um, like you say, it's some of the small uh, clubs down the bottom towards last season uh, got some of the big sides um, but it's just at the very start and that's the best time to get a Celtic or Rangers or Aberdeen or a Hearts um, like the top four like, because like, not everyone's like up to full speed and as you've seen probably the craziest result is probably Kamarnock beating Rangers 1-0 at Rugby Park um, because I think like, it was a later kickoff. A five fifteen kickoff and the all the star signings the Rangers it Michael Beale's trying to fit them into the system and I think you could just tell that it was it was just players thrown in and hope for the best but but Derek McInnes his home from last season for Barnet was exceptional never get any points off the big two last year um and this season like he's got Rangers right at the very beginning and his side was well organised we touched on it last week's podcast that. Some of the signings have been quite clever for McInnes, like experienced SBFL players, and he just got players that fit the system. And every man, they just wanted it more than Rangers. And um, I, I don't recall a shot on target the second half from Rangers, considering um, they even brought in the, the new signing, uh, Danilo, and even Kamal Roof towards the end as well. So Rangers are a lot of firepower, but they just could not penetrate that um, the back line of. Uh, come on, and I don't really think the keeper had a save to make. So, um, worrying signs for Rangers because obviously around the corner they've got a tough, tough European um, picture against uh, Servette, which hopefully Michael Beal and a lot of Rangers fans will want to um, bounce back straight away because it's come big games come thick and fast, especially this, this uh, August, September. That's crucial matches for. Um, in, in terms of domestic and uh, European. And I'd like to touch on as well, um, Livingston as well, got a fantastic result as Aberdeen, who obviously finished third last season as well. Um, and obviously I think the two plastic pitches may have helped <laughs> in, that, in that aspect. But um, no, the, the, the two of the probably standard ones for me, and obviously the Celtic, um, Ross County, um, it's quite standard. You expect the Celtic to win, but Ross County did uh, give a good fist themselves. And then... Um, they played some really nice football at times, and uh, I think they kind of shocked 
um, Celtic, how, how good they were under uh, Malky McKay, but could they do play some nice stuff, even though they narrowly avoided relegation last season. But no, for the standard fixture for me was definitely Kamal at one, Rangers nil. Yep. <clears throat> um, so obviously, it was really good to see um, Scottish football come back last weekend. I mean, you've missed it a lot over the summer. Um, you know, it's always it's all it's always hard to kind of, you know, first games of the season. You know, t- as you said, teams are not all one hundred percent, so it's hard to kind of predict how you can't really predict how a team, you know, will will fare throughout the season. Um, but just obviously going on to the standard result is obviously, um, the command at Rangers game. Um, you know, as you said, you know, a really disappointing start for Rangers. Um. You know, lots of new players in that team. Um, you know, the front three were had all signed this summer and I think you could tell that um they're not all kinda of in sync at the moment. You know, they're all everything's, you know, they're not they're not all on the same wavelength and I think that just will happen the more games they play. Um, you know, and you know, the more games they play in the rhythm, you know, they'll kinda of get used to it. Um and also, I just think it's plastic pitches. Well, I don't think lots of these new signings have really probably played in plastic pitches before, um, in kind of professional football. So that was probably a new kind of thing to them. But a really disappointing start from Rangers' point of view. Um, you know they didn't they didn't look like that. I don't think they deserved anything from the game on Saturday. In my opinion, I think Kamara fully deserved a win. Um, and you know, in Scotland, if Rangers or Celtic lose. It's a bit. It's a big, massive. It's a massive thing because that's all. That's Rangers already tailing behind Celtic, and you know, Rangers are going to have to kind of go on a run now. Um. So a really disappointing start from Rangers. Um. Point of view. Um. But although that was a standout match of the weekend, I have to point out the Hibs St Mirren game, which ended three two St Mirren. That was a really entertaining game on Sunday. Uh, obviously St Mirren were two 0 up at half time. Uh, Hibs managed to climb back into the game two each, and in the last minute, St. Mirren scored. Um, so that was a really entertaining game. Um, you know, I think St. Mirren will have a good season this season. You know, they had a really good season. Uh, last season. Um, you know, they've kind of they've added some players. Um, and yeah, I think St. Mirren will have a good season this season. Um, you know, really really good result for them. And obviously Celtic as well. Just lastly, at Celtic. Obviously, they kicked off the they kicked off the season, um, you know, flag day, and it wasn't a vintage performance from them, you know, and uh, not Celtic that we've seen the last couple of seasons, and Ross County fair play to them they had the, they they gave Celtic a, a a good game, a really good game, um, so all in all, uh, overall it was it was a good it was good to see Scottish football back and it was a really exciting weekend, um, so. Uh, just sticking with Scottish football, we also have Scottish teams playing in European football this week, and they include Rangers versus Servette, Rosenberg um, versus Hearts, and Hibs versus Luzerne. So, Pierce, how do you think these teams will do in this week's European ties? Um, hopefully, all teams can um, get a positive result. Um, talk, firstly, touch on the Rangers versus Servette. Um, that came at a great time for Rangers because 
they, they were wanting to lick their wounds as quickly as possible um, because that result has come out with angered all the players and the manager especially as well as the fans and the best thing to rectify a poor result was to get a game quickly around the corner and they don't come much bigger than a third round Champions League qualifier and they're against a decent sized opposition Servette from the Swiss League um, so there'll be no mugs um, and I, I do think Rangers especially at home They'll just have too much, and I think they'll um get a, probably win a bit about two 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 nil, two three nil maybe, um which will probably potentially see them um, uh basically progress to the next stage, where they potentially could meet um PSV Eindhoven, uh who they did play last year in the playoffs, so that'll be an interesting tie if they manage to make it through. Um, touching on uh Rosenberg Hearts, um Norwegian chat uh. Former Norwegian champions Rosenberg, who've played Celtic a few years ago in the Europa League, um, very good opposition. Um, sort of a very tough, tough task for Hearts, and um, Hearts is a side that you touched on last week in the podcast that they struggled to get many signings in. Although they did get a, a great result the weekend against St Johnston, um, so you hopefully that they, they can just avoid defeat, and and hopefully they have a chance come Tynecastle on the second leg that they can progress because you want all Scottish teams um, to boost that coefficient. And uh, lastly, Hibs versus Luzerne. We touched on it um, um, last week in the podcast, the week before. Hibs had a horrible result away from home against Dan Dorian, the um, side that finished second in the league, um, where they lost 2-1 away from home. But my go- by God, they direct the fight in the second league. They won 6-1, so... And obviously you touched on touched on the weekend's results. Um they played St. Mirren and I thought St. Mirren absolutely played them off the park. Um they managed it back into two two and then right at the end because Hibs just threw caution to the wind. They get sucker points straight at the last. And I, I do think um they've got they've got a great great attacking threat. Been followed the LU and Christian Dodge. They've got the new new Dutch striker as well as uh, Martin the return of Martin Boyle, which is a key figure for them. Um, so I do think I, I, I predict a Rangers win versus Servette, a draw for Hearts away to Rosenberg and um, I predict uh, Hibs versus Luzerne I think Hibs will have enough to beat Luzerne and uh, like you say I, I do think hopefully all Scottish sides can have a positive result come this midweek Yep um, you know just again I'll just touch on it briefly um, three tough games for the Scottish sides Um so Ranger Servet, as you said, um, that's a tough game. Uh, you know, Servet from Switzerland, you know, they look quite a good side. Um, uh, you know, Rangers will be, you know, they'll be determined to bounce back after that disappointing result on Saturday. Um I think Rangers uh, have to win this game by a good few goals because I think I mean I don't know much about Servet, but uh, I think going there away from home will be really tough for them, Rangers uh, next week. Um, so if I'm going to give a prediction for that Rangers Servette game, I'm going to say I'm going to say three one Rangers. Um, and if that result did happen, you know I wouldn't say Rangers are, you know, home and dry into the next round. You know I think the away tie will kind of be the, the the tie that really decides. You know who goes through it, uh, Rangers and Servet. Um, Rosenberg Hearts. Um, again, you were touching on the fact that 
Rosenberg are quite known to Scotland in terms of the fact that Celtic have played Rosenberg quite a few times in the Europa League and Champions League. Um, so um, for Hearts going away um, for the first tie could do well. It's quite good for them because um, even if Rosenberg do win by at least a goal, you know, I think bringing that tie back to Tynecastle could be could be really important for them. Um, so predicting that game, Rosenberg versus Hearts, I'm going to say, I'm going to say two one to Rosenberg, just the fact that Rosenberg are at home. But I would have every confidence if that was the result. I would have every confidence in Hearts turning that result around at Tynecastle. Um. So, uh, moving on to the Hibs Luzerne game. Again, on our Swiss side that uh, Scottish team is playing. Uh, obviously, Servetten, Roserna from Switzerland. So, obviously, Hibs are at home, the first leg. So, Hibs will want to obviously win at home and win by a good two goals. Um, and Luzerne are a good side. I think they have quite a good European pedigree. Um, so, for that game, I'm going to say, I mean, I'm going to say a draw. I'm going to say 1 1 for that game. Um, but it's quite funny with that game as well. That Hibs Luzerne, whoever wins that tie, will play Aston Villa in the Conference League playoff, and so that's that. I mean, if Hibs were to get through this tie and play Aston Villa, I mean, the return of John McGinn, the Easter Road, would be that that be that be quite funny and interesting. Um, so that Hibs Luzerne game, you know, I had a lot leading on it because whoever whoever wins out of them two, will play Aston Villa. Um, so yeah, um. Three really tough games for the Scottish sides in, in this week's European ties. And obviously for the coefficient, the Scottish football will want to really do well. So let's see what happens. Um, so we'll now move on to previewing this weekend's Premier League matches. So on Friday, the 11th of August, the 2023-24 Premier League season will commence. And the first match of the season um will be Burnley versus Man City, which is on Friday, the 11th of August. Um, so uh, on Saturday, the 12th of August, um, the games that will, the, the main games that will be played are Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth versus West Ham, Everton versus Fulham, Brighton versus Luton, Sh- Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace, um, and Newcastle versus Aston Villa. And then on Sunday, the 13th of August, which will be the next day, Brentford will be playing Tottenham and Chelsea will be playing Liverpool. And finally, on Monday, 14th of August, um, Man United and Wolves will be playing against each other to finish off the first week of the Premier League season. So, Pierce, what is your reaction to the upcoming new English Premier League season at the weekend? Well, the English Premier League is... Always a week after the Scottish, so that's based on the return of all the top football because like you always like to watch your home league as well as obviously English Premier League because it is just it is just the one that everyone watches. It's so exciting. They've got so many big players, um, and so many cracking ties. And like you say, I think it was similar uh, to the SBFL where like some of the big sides probably might not hit top form right away. So it's best like for the like you say the newly promoted Burnley. Um, to host Man City on Friday night. That's going to be an interesting tie. Uh, Vincent Company versus his former side. Um, and also they were flying the championship last season to spiral test against 
the treble winners from last season. And um, obviously, Arsenal as well. They looked pretty, they looked pretty good in pre-season. They're just off the back of winning the Community Shields. Um, and not in the forest. It's a side that kind of struggled a bit towards the middle part, but then they, they gathered enough momentum and got the safety. So I think there's, there's some cracking fixtures in there. Um, and it's obviously exciting just to see the Premier League back. And um, I just can't wait for it, to be honest. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, obviously, when the Premier League, English Premier League season starts, you know, you know that kind of excitement even builds up even more. Um, you know, obviously, all the stars of the football stars of the world mostly playing the Premier League now. So, um, really exciting. Uh, you know, for that to to start again. Um, you know, as you said, some really really interesting games coming up. Uh, in the first week, and yeah, really really looking forward to it. Um, so I'm just going to ask you, which game are you looking forward to um, the most? Me? Um, probably uh, Newcastle, Aston Villa. Um, I think because I took kind of both in the same boat. Um, Newcastle's impressed me pre-season, so has Aston Villa. Um, some of the signings have been pretty good as well. Aston Villa signed um, Moussa Diaby from Bayer Leverkusen. Which I think that's a that's a that's a sign that's under the radar. They've also signed Paul Torres. And I think you know Emery's assembling a fantastic squad, and he's showing that you don't have to pay massive fees to get quality players. And I do think they were pushing for Champions League places this season, or even maintaining that Europa League spot top six at the bare minimum. And obviously, proved last season that they had a fantastic end to the season. Um. And it just shows you what a, what a top-class manager can do to a side that was struggling for the early part of the season under Steven Gerrard. Um, and obviously, Eddie Howe, like you say, he's added Ashley Barnes, uh, Barnes, Harvey Barnes, Ashley Barnes, <laughs> Harvey Barnes, which I think that's a, a fantastic signing from Leicester. Um, and that, he's basically the, the replacement for St Maxman. And obviously, a different type of player for St Maxman, but I do think he offers more of a goal for it in terms of end product. It's not as tricky or skillful, but um and obviously he just adds more firepower to that team. Um and I think obviously they've been solid at the back last season and I, I do think that could go either way that game, obviously St James Park as well, but I think that could easily be a high scoring three three or four four because I think both sides are just that good and with the two top class managers as well. So that's the one I'll be looking out for. Yeah. Um there's actually two games the biggest standout game for me is Chelsea Liverpool, which will be played on Sunday. Uh, you know, obviously Pochettino's first game for first competitive game in charge. You know, Liverpool who have, you know, changed a lot this summer in terms of players leaving and players coming in. And obviously the their two top six sides are two one of the biggest clubs in England. So that'll be a really interesting game. Um I'm really looking forward to that one. And the other game is Brentford Tottenham. Um my reason for that is because obviously it's Ange Postacoglu's first game in charge as Tottenham manager. And obviously, as uh, Scottish football fans, me and you have seen a lot of Postacoglu's team, Celtic team, the uh, last couple of years. Um, but I'm interested to see how Tottenham get on um, with Postacoglu because obviously with Antonio Conte last season and Ange Postacoglu, they two managers are totally different in terms of the way they want to play football. Um, with with Conte a more defensive manager and Postacoglu a more attacking manager. So 
I'm really interested to see how Tottenham set up and how I want to see the similarities in terms of how Tottenham play in terms of how Celtic played under Orange. Um, so Brentford versus Tottenham and Chelsea versus Liverpool are my two standout games that I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Um, but obviously every game, um, it's really exciting to see how teams get on. Obviously the new teams that have just come up from Championship, Sheffield United, um, you know that and Luton, Luton Town, who haven't been in the Premier League for years, who are quite a surprise. Yeah, surprise package to come out in, in the Premier League. So, be interested to see how they get on. Um, so, uh, we will now predict the first league games of the season. So, Pierce, uh, we'll start off with you. Uh, Burnley Man City on Friday. Um, I'm going to go a shock. I'm going to go 2 1 Burnley. I think that Man City struggled against Arsenal. And the Community Shield, and um, it's a bit perfect to play them. Open game of the season, I think they they can shock them. Friday night under the lights, anything can happen. Um, on Saturday, Arsenal not in the Forest. I'm gonna go two one not in the Forest. I'm gonna go another shock. <laughs> I, I I genuinely think it's the best thing to play the big teams, and I do think Arsenal will be on a massive high after winning their first trophy, and I don't know how long, probably since uh, Arsenal Wenger. Or United, I don't know. Um, so um, they still put that stuff as a Champions League, and it's a community shield, so basically glorified pre-season friendly. <laughs> um, so and then we've got Bournemouth West Ham. I think Bournemouth uh, last season were fantastic under Gary Neal. I thought he was harshly sacked in the summer, uh, and I do think they will re- uh, they'll regret uh, they'll regret that decision, and I do think um, West Ham. Minus uh, Declan Rice uh, should win that one, and I do think that can be who won West Ham. Um, Everton Fulham, Fulham were a fantastic side last season. Um, Marco Silva played fantastic football under Fulham. Um, Everton again struggled under Frank Lampard, and um, the defeat spirit of Sean Dyche was just got them over the line in the end. And I do think that um, Fulham. Could um could cause an up could uh, cause more misery on Everton uh, and I do think it could be a a three one film uh, uh, even if, even though it's at Goodison that's what I'm predicting uh, Brighton Luton uh, Luton's newly promoted but I do think Brighton will just have too much quality minus likes as McAllister but they've still got in CISO and um, Casido's still there um, for the time being and they've got some quality players all over the park Matoma especially um, and I do think that could be a high scoring game I think that could be a 4-0 Brighton um, it could be a, a wake up call to Luton to, to see the step up standard from the Championship to the Premier League um, Sheffield Giants versus Crystal Palace Roy Hodgson had a great end to the season with Crystal Palace um, and Sheffield United it, this last week they've just been losing their top players and there's, there's, uh, they lost uh, Ndaye and now they're potentially losing uh, Sander Berge which is lots of their two starting midfielders so I, I don't see them picking up a positive result I can see Crystal Palace winning 3-0 um, I just think that um, you should not be losing your best players on your return to the Premier League you should be trying to build on that squad you already had and I think that will be a struggle from this season um, and let me say the Newcastle Aston Villa 
I think it's going to be a high scoring game for both sides. And I'm going to go with a 4 4. Um, I think both sides are just going to be rampant and it's just going to be goals galore, like a basketball match end to end. And um, some some fast, fantastic bits they play from both sides. Um, and then on Sunday, we've got Brentford versus Tottenham. Brentford was a side that caused Tottenham a lot of problems last season. Um, they played some fan- fantastic football under Thomas Frank. And like you said, you touched on it, it's interesting to see how Ange Postecoglou will change that um, pragmatic style that Tottenham's been used to for the last three, four years into a more offensive, inverted fullbacks, high attacking wingers. Um, and they always cut arrive at the back post late to offer that attacking threat. And it'll be interesting to see if Harry Kane's still there uh, come Sunday. Because obviously, Bayern Munich's been sniffing around for a wee while. Um, and obviously, like we said last week in the podcast, it'll be interesting. He he never usually leaves once the season starts. So that'll be an interesting one. Um, but I do think... Um, I'm going to go with 2-2. Two, two. I do think it'll, it'll take time to implement that style. And I do think Brentford have just been... A well a well oiled machine. They're just just so well run and so well coached. And um I do think um it'll be a two two draw in that one. And then on Monday we've got Manchester United and the Wolves. Oh no, sorry, first first off we've got um on Sunday, Chelsea Liverpool. Chelsea have just lost massive player in Christopher Nkunku. Um and obviously like you said, they lacked firepower last season. And that was like the one kind of downfall uh, their season, really. They never really did anyone to put the ball in the back. And then Kai Havertz inconsistent. Romelu Lukaku um, was terrible. Then he went and loaned to Inter Milan. Wasn't much better there. Um, and obviously, Christian Kuhn could have brought in uh, Nicholas Jackson. But I can only see one winner, and I think it will be Liverpool at Stanford Bridge. I do think, um, it will, like you said, it will take time for... Um, Pochettino to embed 60 odd players into a squad they're just too many players to fit into a system a lot of young talented players for big fees and long contracts and I do think Klopp has bought smartly but he struggled to replace the midfield and I think that could be an issue for him but in terms of the firepower he's still got Darwin Nunez you've got Mo Salah um, Cody Gagpo I do think that's a very good attacking threat, and obviously Alex and McAllister mind that as well, feeding them. Um, but I do think that could be we'll go two one Liverpool and Stamford Bridge, and then on Monday we've got Wolves versus Manchester United, and I do think Manchester United don't have uh, too much, and I think that'll be three 0 Manchester United where Marcus Rashford probably had to it maybe. Yeah, um, thanks for that, Pierce. So for my predictions, um, so. Kicking off with Burnley Manchester City on Friday evening. Uh, do you know what? I'm actually going to go with you. I actually agree. I'm going to say 2 1 to Burnley. Uh, you know, just that kind of Friday evening, first game of the season. You know, the Burnley fans will be really excited for that game. And obviously, Man City are the champions, but I don't know. I just have a feeling about that game. Uh, so I'm going to say 2 1 to Burnley um, for the Friday evening game. Uh, so moving on to the Saturday games um, Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest. I'm going to say 2 0 Arsenal. Um, you know, Arsenal obviously on a high, so um I just think they'll have too much Nottingham Forest. Um so I'm gonna say two 0 Arsenal for that game. Um Bournemouth West Ham. Uh, I'm gonna say one one for that game, a draw. Uh, I think both of these teams might 
fade down at the bottom half of the table this season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see Bournemouth, by the way, because obviously they changed the manager um, to the new manager called Andoni Iraola, who's come from Spain, and he's apparently he's very high thought of. So it'll be interesting to see how Bournemouth um, can affair uh, um, um, on Saturday against West Ham. So I'm going to say one more for that game. Everton versus Fulham. Um, I'm actually going to go with Everton. I'm going to say 1-0 Everton for that game. Um, you know, first game of the season at Goodison Park, you know, the fans are going to be well up for it. So uh, I think Everton will just nick that game. So 1-0 Everton. Um, Brighton versus Luton. So obviously it's going to be exciting to see how Luton's fair. But Brighton just are in such a good place at the moment in terms of the whole club, you know, really, really good place. I think they'll have too much for Luton. So I'm going to say 3-1 to Brighton um, on Saturday. Um, so for Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, uh, again, Sheffield United coming back into the Premier League. Um, I'm going to say Crystal Palace will win that game. Uh, and I'm saying Crystal Palace will win 2-0. Uh, Sheffield United are in quite a difficult place at the moment. You know, they've not had, they've not signed many players. Um, and they've lost one of our key players from last season and die to Marseille. So I think Sheffield United, you know, not in the greatest place at the moment. So I'm going to say 2 0 Crystal Palace for that game. Uh, Newcastle Aston Villa, which is that's such an exciting game. Both teams have had really good summers. Um, but I'm going to say Newcastle win that game 2 1. Just because Newcastle are at home, St James's Park will be rocking for the first game of the season. You know, they're now back in Champions League now, Newcastle. Um, so I just think Newcastle have a bit too much for Aston Villa. So I'm going to say 2 1 to Newcastle. And then moving on to Sunday's games. So kicking off with Brentford Tottenham. Uh, as we just touched on, uh, Ange Postacogo's first game as Tottenham manager. And I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm actually going to say a 2 2 draw. I think that'll be a high scoring game. You know, both teams really like to attack and try and score goals. Um, you know, we all know Ange Postacoglu loves to do that. So I think that'll be a really entertaining game. And I'm going to say 2-2 for that game. And Chelsea versus Liverpool. Um, again, we touched on it. A really exciting game. First game of the season. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool. Um, I just think Chelsea, although they've had a good pre-season, uh, they did lose in Kunku just there to injury, which is a really big blow for them. And I just think Pochettino needs a bit more power in terms of attacking players. Um, uh, so I just don't think they'll score on Sunday. And Liverpool, you know, uh, they've made a lot of signings and stuff. So I just think Liverpool will have a bit too much on Sunday for Chelsea. And I think that'll finish 2 0 Liverpool. And then finally on Monday, Man United versus the Wolves. Um, I'm going to say 2 0 Man United for that game. Um, you know, Man United have had quite a good summer in terms of signings. You know, uh, I don't think they're finished in the transfer business yet. And Wolves are in a really tough place at the moment. You know, they've not made hardly any sign. I don't think they've spent any money. Uh, they've lost Ruben Neves um, as well, which was a captain. And I think as we're recording this, apparently Lopetegui, the Wolves manager, is in discussions and it might lead to him leaving the club, which will be, you know, that'd be quite a disaster for them just in the, the start of the season coming up. So uh, I'm going to see Man United uh, win that game by two goals to nil. Um, so 
Coming up next, we'll be discussing all the latest transfer news from around the globe. Pierce, is there any transfer news that has interested you this past week? Yeah, um, the one that's kind of stood out to me has been um, the West Ham trying to fill the void of Declan Rice, who's departed to Arsenal. Um, and I think they've been trying to do that with a double swoop of Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay from Manchester United. And I think that um, McTominay's more of an attacking midfielder, box to box. But he obviously can just put Suchuk back in that role, uh, but a bit further back. Um, but I do think they, I think both players need a, a rejuvenation of life in their football careers. I don't think the two of them are bad players. I think um, McTominay thinks it's sexual player for Scotland. He's pro- proven that um, in recent times. Um, I think he gets a fair, a fair bit of stick from the Manchester United fans. So does Harry Maguire. Because Harry Maguire really puts a foot wrong for England. Um, he was phenomenal at Leicester and at Hull. And I think in a David Moyes system, it's a lot more deeper. You're not having to put, ask to put a high line, which you get more exposed to with balls in behind. Um, so I do think that um, I think it was a sixty million pounds rejected for the both of them. I think if you push that to eighty, eighty five million pounds, I think you get two phenomenal players, and I think you can see the best from under David Moyes at West Ham. Yeah, I was going to touch on West Ham as well. Um, obviously Declan Rice leaving, so West Ham got a lot of money for Declan Rice. So um, they're trying to kind of use that, and obviously the two Man United players, Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay. That's been kind of developing over the last couple of days. Um, looks like West Ham are really interested in signing both of them. Uh, I think it'd be good for McTominay and Maguire. I think it's I think they're at a point now where their Man United careers don't look like they're progressing anymore. Um, and I think West Ham would be good clubs for them to go to. Um, obviously Edwin Alvarez as well, who's arriving from Ajax, uh, who's a CDM. So he looks like he could be a potential Declan Rice replacement. You know, obviously a really good player, you know, had a really good time at Ajax, won trophies. Um, so, you know, that looks like that could be done by this evening or even tomorrow. That could be all completed. So definitely West Ham at the moment are quite look like they're kind of starting to make progress in terms of signing players. Um, you know, so that's kind of West Ham are a club I think people should keep their eyes on. Um, also as well, um, Carlos Starfield the Celtic defender, it looks like he's going to be leaving Celtic, according to Brendan Rodgers. Um, it looks like he's leaving to go to Celta Vigo in La Liga, who are now managed by Rafa Benitez. Um, so I think this week we'll find, I think this week we'll, we'll see, finally confirmed that Starfield has left Celtic and joined Celta Vigo. Um, apparently that, partly that is, a reason for Starfield leaving is also partly to the, to due to the fact that his girlfriend, um, Jacinta, uh, who used to play for Celtic Women, um, she's she's left um, she's left uh, Celtic to go to Sport in Lisbon. So apparently, um, you know, Starfield wants to be closer to her, um, which is obviously understandable. So, um, yep, Starfield, I think that's one to keep an eye on um, this week as well. Um, but Apart from that, not much else. Maybe obviously the Mbappe situation is still not solved. Um, you know, so that's still to be kind of solved as well. But we're into the last three weeks now of the transfer window, so I expect, you know, again, 
lots of situations to develop and players to move on and you know so it, it, it looks like a really interesting next few weeks uh, the transfer window um, so for the final part of the show Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so we're going to kick off with uh, the K-League 1. Uh, obviously, both uh, leagues started back this weekend, uh, the past weekend. So on Friday the 4th of August, we had FC Seoul 2, Pohang Steelers 2, which I top the table clash. Both sides um, not gaining or losing anything from that result, uh, apart from obviously losing distance from Ulsan to Hyundai. Um, but on Friday, we had a double fixture, so we had Guangzhou FC 3, Dejan had a citizen now, which is another fabulous result for Guangzhou. And on Saturday, the 5th of August, we had Suwon, Samson Blue Wings 0, and the Suwon counterparts, uh, Suwon FC 1 2 0. Um, so that was a bottom of the table fixture, and um, obviously put some distance between them and Samson Blue Wings. And uh, also Dega FC 0, Ulsan Hyundai 0. And on Sunday, the 6th of August, we had Jumba Hyundai Motors 2, Intra United 0. Jinj United 1, Gamon FC 1. So this leaves the table looking like this. So at the top of the table, we have Ulsan Hyundai uh, on 57 points after 25 matches played for all teams. Um, second position with Pong Steelers on 45. And then just behind them, Jumbit Hyundai Motors on 40 points. And down at the bottom of the table, it's super tight. Um, we've got um, Gamon FC rooted to the foot of the table on 17 points. Um, we have a point above them, Suwon, Samson Blowings on 18, and then just above them, we've got Suwon FC, who've put a bit of distance between themselves and the other two on 23 points. Moving on to the J League 1 action, um, uh, Saturday, 5th of August, uh, we had two fixtures Nagoya Grampus 1, Alberts Nagata 0, Shonan Belmer 1, San Frenchy Hiroshima 0, and then on Sunday, the 6th of August, all the other matches were played. Uh, so with Kishima Antlers 3, Hokkaido, Konsado, Sapporo 0, Yokama FC 2, Vassell Kobe 0, which is a shock result considering Yokama have been struggling this season, and Vassell Kobe are at the top of the table. Uh, and that really benefits uh, Yokama F. Marinos. Um, yeah, so that could be a, a massive result uh, in terms of determining who will win the J League 1 this season. Um, Cerezo Osaka 0, FC Tokyo 1. Uh, Kawasaki from Tally 3, Gamble Saka 4. Certainly the, uh, the the game of the week, that one. Um, Kyoto Sanga, FC 0. Kawashi Arisho 1. Uh, Sagan Tusun 0, Avispa Fukuoka 1. And leaving it off is um, Urare Diamonds 0. Yokama F. Marinos 0. So the table is super tight at the top and at the bottom of the table. Um, so at the top of the table, after 22 match, matches played for all sides, uh, we've got Vassell Kobe and Yokama Morris both join on 44 points. The only difference is Vassell Kobe's got three more goal difference, so it's super tight. And uh, in third place, we've got Nagoya Grampus on 42 points, so three sides are separated by two points, and um, so it's, it could go either way between now and the end of the season. Um, down at the bottom of the table, we've got um, a sixteen position, we've got Yokama FC on 18 points, 17th position, we've got Kawashia Racer on 17 points and Shonan Bermier on 18th on 16 points. So all three sides are separated by two points and it could go either way. So all season, both, all three sides have been 
chopping and changing from where they are, 16th, 17th and 18th, and it could go all the way to the very end of the season. Um, so in terms of Asian football news, uh, so the former Barcelona icon and Vassil Kobe star, Andres Iniesta, has signed for Ras al Kaima in the UAE, so United Arab Emirates. Um, Iniesta's put pen to paper on a one-year deal with the option to extend for a further year. So that could run until June 2025. So we've got Ronaldinho, Matarazzi and Fabio Cannavaro will arrive in South Korea tomorrow to promote the Legends match that will be held in South Korea on the 21st of October. So that'll be one to keep an eye on as well to see all the world stars come to South Korea. And um, Daiji Kamada has joined Italian side Lazio on a two-year deal uh, with the option to extend for a third year. Kamada, 27, uh, won Europa League with Eintracht Frankfurt in 2022 with, will add attacking talent to Maurizio Sarri's side following the departure of Sergei Milinkovic-Savic to Al-Halal. Uh, Sewell FC are expected to terminate the contract with their striker, Lars Veldewick, the South African striker, was caught drunk driving. And it's not the first time this season that a foreign striker in South Korea has been caught drunk driving. Um, just have to go back a few months to Sandro Lima doing it for Guangzhou FC and uh, he's now back in Brazil so the repercussions are pretty serious over here so drunk driving for some of the strikers and um, that could be an infinito in the K-League uh, so lastly we've got massive massive news in terms of the Korean League Panini Stickers has signed a partnership with the K-League 1 K-League is the first Asian pro sports organisation to launch Panini Sports Card Collection, as well as K-League main players, autograph auto cards of legendary players from K-League will also be included. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Chugoo podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chugoo YouTube channel and also the Football Chugoo website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.